Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. Bing bong. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Friday, April 1st edition of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, proudly serving our area since 1880. Spencer Pui, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running the board for us today. Uh, I guess Hedgesville April fooled us. Supposed to be a uh, supposed to be a 7 p.m. game time, and uh, they publish on their Hedgesville High School baseball Facebook page a little while ago that it's now a 7:30 game time for varsity. So we will start our coverage at 7:10 on Talk Radio WRNR Radio and TV, and uh, on WRNR TV on YouTube. So uh, we'll get into that one. That is Spring Mills at Hedgesville. Nick, you're on play by play tonight. What's uh, what have you seen so far uh, when you're kind of doing your little prep for it? Well, Spring Mills comes in winless on the year, uh, so head coach Brad Baird and his team are obviously looking to be competitive, and Hedgesville, while they're winning games, has been a little bit shaky, I think, to start this year, uh, still having success in the win column, but you have kind of a closer game than expected against East Hardy, uh, you have um, a few games here and there that you dropped, like the loss to Musselman, which wasn't necessarily a bad loss to Musselman. I mean, Musselman, I think, will have a solid team this year, but uh, usually Hedgesville finds a way to win those games against them. So um, still a good start for the Eagles, but I think maybe not the cleaner, or they probably want to play a little bit better baseball. And tonight is, on paper, a chance to do that, but you can't overlook this Spring Mills team, even though they're coming in winless. Uh, they're an EPAC team. They're going to try to be competitive and put up a good fight. So... Um, it sets up for an interesting ball game. Could this be the game that kind of puts Hedgesville back on the right track, even though they haven't really slipped up, but play better baseball? And is this going to be maybe the game that gets Spring Mills rolling and get them right in the uh, competition that we've seen already this year in the EPAC between most of the teams? So that's the intrigue tonight going in, and I think um should be a good game. Should be, you know, again, a quality EPAC baseball game. Should be intense. As we saw with Jefferson Washington, the intensity really picked up in that game. And uh, even though it's early in the season, still seeing some good quality baseball games. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, obviously for Hedgesville, which we saw yesterday on the comments of the show, Trip Tobin will be on the call with us tonight. Uh, he said Riley Bubb uh, sprained his ankle in the game at East Hardy. So that could be, you know, if, I'm presuming he may not be in the lineup tonight. And that could be that could hurt the the Eagles. Yeah, that's a huge loss if he's not active. Not only is he your third baseman and one of your leaders, but he's another guy that can pitch for them as well. So, uh, you know, when you have kind of a younger team and losing a guy with that experience for at least a, I would presume if it is a sprained ankle, at least a few weeks, uh, at this point in the year it is probably the better time to get an injury like this, but you never want to see a guy go down, and uh, that's going to hurt them with the experience going to hurt losing an arm that they can rely on so not a great situation there for Hedgesville and you certainly hope a a quick recovery for Riley Bubb because he's one of the better players in the EPAC and he's always a fun guy to watch play yeah even though 
we saw Hedgesville get the win against East Hardy. It seemed like they struggled. They had to come back against a uh, team that, from our viewpoint, when we saw East Hardy, is one of the uh, teams that are going to be struggling in single A. So when a triple A school has to come back in extra innings to get a win against them, it's kind of surprising. And I feel like if Hedgesville is playing like they did in that game tonight against Spring Mills, and Spring Mills is, you know, a rival, it might not be uh, the best case for Hedgesville and Spring Mills could get the upset victory. Yeah, definitely they could. And we'll look at some other games around the EPAC this weekend. Spring Mills, after tonight's game, they'll uh, go home, wake up early tomorrow, travel to Greenbrier East for a doubleheader. Um, tonight, Musselman plays Oak Hill. And tomorrow, George Washington. I believe those games are both at George Washington, like a little uh, tournament-style thing down there, a mixer, I guess they call them. Uh, not sure if they call that for baseball or not. But uh Jefferson plays Grace Academy tonight and South Garrett tomorrow. Both teams out of Maryland. Martinsburg has a doubleheader tomorrow at Morgantown. And Washington hosts Hampshire tomorrow as well. So a lot of games in the next 24 to 40, or next 24 to 36 hours. Should be good ones as well. Uh, I'm interested to see how Martinsburg does against Morgantown, and I'm interested uh, for Oak Hill Musselman tonight. I'm also interested to see how Musselman does against Oak Hill and against George Washington. That's Because George too. Washington, a AAA team uh, as well. And um, I think for Jefferson, just uh, trying to get the bad taste of that loss out of their mouths this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it was a competitive game. So I think while you don't ever want to drop a game to a rival for Jefferson, uh you know, they know that Washington's going to be a tough team this year. So, um, while it was a tough loss, we'll have a good chance to bounce back this weekend and uh, build some momentum heading into next week and continue to play good baseball. I mean, you're 6-1. and one, It's very tough to go undefeated in baseball. So, to drop that first game, while it was a loss, it definitely hurt because it was a close game and you felt like you had built some momentum with the comeback. Uh, Washington has had their number that day and We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but uh, early on, it looks like Jefferson and Washington, Martinsburg are probably the top three right now, but again, we haven't seen Martinsburg really play against anybody uh, toward the top of the EPAC besides Jefferson and Hedgesville, but we don't know how good Hedgesville is either, so it's very early in the year. So again, tonight, we will have Spring Mills at Hedgesville. Game time's been pushed back to 7.30, so our coverage will begin on Radio, TV, and YouTube at 7, 10 p.m. Uh, Monday, we'll have Jefferson at Spring Mills slated for a 6.40, or 6.40 pregame, 7 p.m. first pitch. That game will be on TV10 only and YouTube, or TV10 and YouTube only uh, due to the national championship game being on the radio side. Uh, April 6th and 7th, we will have softball. The makeup April 6th was is Martinsburg at Musselman. That is 6.47 p.m. And then April 7th, Martinsburg at Hedgesville softball, 6.47 p.m. That'll be a TV and YouTube-only deal there as well. And then, uh, which will join later on the radio side after the Nationals opening day concludes. Um, and then next Friday. We'll have Martinsburg at Hedgesville for a big EPAC Friday night rivalry in the second game, and they'll already be done with their series uh, before uh, the second week or before the first week of April is done. But that's our schedule for the next week. 
And uh, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll come back. Uh, we'll talk uh, boys, basketball, quad A, state teams, all state team. Also, we'll give you the complete list of the girls all state quad A team as well. And uh, we'll talk about the basketball Hall of Fame class uh, guy that you can hear his voice regularly during the college basketball season on our station will be uh, being inducted as well. But we'll come back after this two-minute break and we'll talk some hoops. That's next. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. The gates are open and the sun is shining here at Nets Park. So show up. They may be young, but these kids can play. Show off. The Nationals have come from behind with two runs in the bottom of the night. And show some natitude. Single game tickets for the 2022 Washington Nationals regular season are on sale now. Visit nationals.com slash tickets and show your natitude at Nats Park all season long. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu. Call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. Looking for some nightlife? Then look no further. Laddie's Bar and Grill has a full bar and kitchen, pool table, and entertainment with great food at affordable prices. You can dine in or carry out by calling us at 304-263-5233. Laddie's is open Monday through Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 3 a.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 3 a.m. We serve breakfast all day long, and our lunch and dinner specials are posted every day on our Facebook page. So stop on in to Laddie's Bar and Grill, located at 107 Lutz Avenue in Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this Friday, April 1st segment of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, TV 10, Comcast Channel 10, Berkeley and Jefferson County, streaming live on the TV10 Facebook page as well as on Twitter at WRNR underscore sports mix. Spencer Wienick, Virgilini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern Avery Newport running the board for you today. Uh, let's get into uh, the Quad A basketball all state teams here in the Mountain State that were uh, announced in the last couple days. Uh, those were selected by the West Virginia Sports Writers Association. We'll start with girls basketball because we didn't mention everybody yesterday. Uh, didn't have the list on hand, and the list of the honorable mentions is just a list of names, and it's hard to uh, you know just go through that off when you're 
in the middle of doing something else. So uh, shout out to uh, Kyla Dandridge of Spring Mills making the first team or second team as a freshman. Then the honorable mentions include Olivia Bolduke from Spring Mills, uh, Corinne Edsel from Spring Mills, uh, Mackenzie Brezovic. Is that how you say it? Yes. Yes. Mackenzie Brezovic of Jefferson, along with Justice Lee and Heaven Murray. Um, then Kayla Fitzpatrick from Musselman, Kelly Hours from Hedgesville, and Mary Rivera from Washington. So shout out to those, along with Olivia Meyer from Martinsburg. Uh, shout out to those girls for making the Quad A All State girls basketball team. Um, great season, and you like to see uh, teams, especially teams that uh, didn't have such a great year, get recon- get player their players get recognized. Yeah, because even though. If your team struggled, you could have uh, been a shining spot. So it is glad to see uh, all the EPAC represented there, I believe. And as you said, Dandridge getting second team as a uh, freshman. Expect her to maybe uh, improve, get to the first team, hopefully her sophomore year, and continue to stay there because what Spring Mills has – is very special right now in their youth, and I would not be surprised if uh, here in the next couple seasons they continue to make it to the uh, state tournament and maybe even possibly state championship. Yeah, definitely. And uh, now over to the boys' side, you look at the first team, Cam Johnson of Jefferson, along with Jordan Holmes of Musselman. Both of those teams were represented at the state tournament. Uh, Jaden Gladney, a second-teamer. And then we'll just go through the list here. Uh, Avion Blackwood, Martinsburg, Keyshawn Cheek, Spring Mills, Jamari Jenkins, Jefferson, and Cam Wilkes of Hedgesville, all honorable mentions. Uh, so shout out to them for great years. And, uh, you know, those two seniors there that make the first team, they're, I would venture to guess they're going to play somewhere collegiately uh, for hoops in their, uh, in the, that, they, that they will probably, they've either decided or they will decide very soon. I think it was some Virginia school that I saw Cam visited i or got an offer from i can't remember what it was but i think i saw on his uh twitter a few days ago that he has received an offer i think it was like virginia union or something like that i I could be way off the mark but i could look at it and try to find it i think i did see that the other day let me uh see if i can find that real i know that at least he's planning on it but nothing has been officially announced yet so, but I mean, while we wait and look for that, both him and Holmes very deserving of those top spots from what we've seen them do throughout the uh, year. And I felt like uh, maybe some Jefferson guys were possibly snubbed. Yeah, I mean, at least second team there for a couple of the uh, guys should have been, but I guess the uh, state decided not to and. It's not the state, it's the West Virginia Sports Writers Association. Guys from around the state. We can blame... Didn't uh, Kim Johnson, though, get snubbed off the first team all-EPAC team? Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of weird that he didn't get that, but he got first team all-state. That is definitely a little weird. Um, You know, I'm just looking it up here. Cam Johnson got an offer from Virginia Union University. See, I was right. That was on the 29th, so very recently. Um, Shout out to him for that... uh, for that offer to play at the next level. We know he has the talent to do so. I just needed to be more confident in my memory. <laughs> I was confident. I just didn't know where it was. I, well, at first I, I was saying some up. Virginia school, and I in my head had Virginia Union, but I'm like, that doesn't really sound like a school. 
Was it but, Ben Wallace that went to Virginia? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah it was there ben you go. He so, was a, now you like uh, to join us, Avery? Well, I I, I can talk because, a little bit more about because you were pointing to me a comment on the Facebook page from uh, our own Trip Tobin. Why do you keep the best looking guy on the broadcast, Avery the intern, behind the camera? Need to expand your demographics. Uh, I think that's, that's the first compliment doing. that Trip's given you. Yeah, I was so about to say thanks, Trip. That's uh that's a nice. But the uh, nice but Trip, just so you know, that is Avery's doing. He chose to turn keep his mic off during the first segment. Hey, and look, you guys. That you guys signal can, to Nick not to do the four shot. You can hold it down here when we're talking about local hoops and stuff like that, right? I mean, I can provide more input, I think, when it comes to regional or national teams. Yeah, but I was just giving Trip, you know, obviously, like, oh, yeah. you were, it was your doing. You kept your mic off, so Nick never put the four shot on if you weren't going to speak. That That's re, that's a good decision, Nick. <laughs> All right, well, shout out to those EPAC players. <laughs> Shout out to those EPAC players that did make the All-State teams for girls and boys. Uh, congrats again to Jefferson Musselman uh, for the seasons that took them to the state tournament, as well as Jefferson Spring Mills on the girls' side. Uh, and they'll all be what? Back. What? Craig Kimperl to the Dodgers for AJ Pollock. Wow, breaking! Wow. I just news. looked down at my phone. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's a shocking trade in my mind. I did it not is, expect that one to go down. Yeah. Also, Craig Kimbrell was still getting traded. Well, wasn't he, get wasn't he a free agent for a very long time before he got signed by another team after the uh, the um, Braves cut him or traded uh, him or whatever? Oh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. All right, well, let's talk about something that's on our list of things to talk about. That is the basketball, the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, the class of 2022 was announced. And uh, Bob Huggins, West Virginia head coach, two-time NCAA coach of the year. I think he's coached for 45 years now in the NCAA. Uh, he's notable name on there. Mono Ginobili, Tim Hardaway, uh, Swin Cash, and George Carl are the rest. But uh, we'll talk about Bob Huggins here, guys. I know, Colin, you've got, some, you've got that to say. It is about time. But Nick's got a rebuttal Been to that. saying it for years that he deserved oh. to be in. I, I guess it's kind of weird that this year was the year out of the you know season that WVU had, but you got to look at his career as a whole. So you can't just look at the past year and be like, eh, it's weird that he got it this year because he's deserved it the entire time. He is one of the all-time winning coaches. He's been a great guy for the state, and I couldn't be happier for Bob Huggins, and I hope that uh, he turns things around for the Mountaineers this coming season. Well, I'm fine with Huggins getting in. Uh, I do think the Basketball Hall of Fame is one of the easier ones to get in, especially for players. But the reason why I feel like he's waited so long is really his postseason success hasn't been that great. Uh, he has one Big East title and four CUSA tournament titles, eight regular season. I mean, CUSA used to be a much better basketball conference, but only one Final Four appearance, no national championships. So while he does have the... 900 career wins which is a great achievement uh he has coached for a very long time so if you continue to get jobs and you continue to coach well you're gonna get the 900 wins i mean i know it's not it, it sound that makes it sound like it's super easy to coach for a long time and win <laughs> at a high level but there are some things that kind of are blemishes on huggins resume why he might have had to wait 35 and 34 and 25 in the ncaa tournament so he's a good coach he is a Hall of Fame coach, 
but I understand why he's waited this long to get in. I won't disagree with that. I mean, he had success at Cincinnati before he came to WVU. You know, he had a couple of good teams there, a couple of one seeds. So, you know, but yeah, I, I think that some parts of his resume are not as strong as others. Of course, the wins really kind of put him up there in that class, but his teams don't really do that much once they get to those, you know, 20, 25 wins during the regular season. So, you know, I but I see, I thought he was already in a Hall of Fame of some kind. Was he in the College Hall of Fame, maybe? Because I, I, this is the Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, the basketball thought, is just for all of basketball. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, players that aren't even that great in the NBA make the Basketball Hall of Fame. Right. Yeah. So WNBA players, too. Swin Cash is a WNBA yeah, player. Yeah. I mean, like, Manu Ginobili is a good player, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame necessarily, but, like, when you compare his career to, like, an NFL Hall of Fame career, it's much different. Right. Um, so... Because they factor in things like your national team success, Olympic yeah. success, overseas success. And just in general, it's a whole lot easier. I yeah. mean, if you're like a two- or three-time All-Star, and plus he has a bunch of championships and he's a six-man of the year, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, I remember there was like a big Christian argument. Like, Christian Leitner's in the Hall of Fame. Is right. he really one of the greatest NBA players ever? No. I remember there was an when argument was for a couple of years yeah. ago yeah. about uh, Tony Kukoc, whether he should be a Hall of Famer, because his NBA stats weren't all that great, but he was a terrific overseas player, one of the best overseas players ever. So, yeah, no, I, you know, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. Or the College Hall of Fame, I guess. I just thought yeah. that Huggins was inducted into something else but maybe i'm wrong the csa hall of fame maybe. yeah he i think he was right <laughs> part of that 25 the inaugural anniversary i think yeah. it was the inaugural that's what it was i feel like because uh who he else? had to be anthony rendon was also inducted into that yeah and kenyon martin and wasn't why was randy wasn't randy moss or people were wondering yeah, randy why moss is a mac yeah, player so but they were wondering it. why well, i remember people, people are like very smart they're not very they just thought marshall had been in that conference forever uh yeah uh let's see does it have it on here where he's been in awards yes conference usa coach of the decade from 2005 a three-time conference usa coach of the year ovc coach of the year's big 12 coach of the year he has the jim Phelan award for national coach Phelan. he was a mount st mary's coach i think jim Phelan was wasn't that jim Phelan classic part of the collegeinsider.com tournament i have no idea i feel like it was for the first never heard that name in my life i feel like it is whatever all right. Well, uh, instead of taking the break, like was outlined in here, let's just continue with basketball talk. Then we can maybe add in some baseball. A lot of there's some stuff to talk about baseball uh, in the next segment. But final four, or actually, let's just start. Let's start with Xavier winning. Xavier winning the NIT last night. Uh, it was a very good ball game. It was. It was a highly competitive ball game. One of the games that you actually like to watch because it's not like one team is winning the entire time. It's a good back and forth contest, especially in the NIT. You know, low, the lower tournament. The, the little brother of the NCAA tournament, you you could say. And it was a great ball game, and Xavier gets the win. And uh, I believe they had the – what was it directly after it? Was that live? The State Farm uh, no, dunk I contest? I don't know if it was live or not. Because that was been. at Xavier. It was at a different Xavier. Oh. That was the one down there in New Orleans. Xavier's? Oh. Apparently, yeah. That was down in New Orleans. That News was not oh, I thought Xavier it was... of Cincinnati because they were gold. 
You're right. That does make yeah. sense. All right. Well, let's talk about that game, Colin. I know you're you're a yeah. I was watching fan. the entire game since my sister goes to Xavier, so she was happy. It was a great game, as Spencer just said. Very back and forth. I think there was like 15 lead changes that it seemed like uh, Texas A&M was going to pull it off because Xavier was missing a lot of free throws, but they were able to get the push and then. When it all came down to things, Nunji, who was arguably the best player on the court, a transfer from Iowa for Xavier, who has been great the entire season, makes the shot with three seconds to go to take the lead. They were able to make sure that the uh, buzzer beater that was really close to going in was defended pretty well without fouling, and the Musketeers get the win after a uh, very poor end of the regular season that is what led to the uh, fact that they missed going to March Madness. But, yeah, end the season on a plus, and now look forward to the future with uh, Miller coming back to be the head coach. Yeah, see, I think that's a very odd progression for for Xavier to make as a program because they fired their head coach during the NIT. Is that correct, Colin? Yeah, yeah. it was after the first win. They fired they him said, during... said, thanks for the win, you're gone. Yeah, they fired him during the tournament. They win the NIT... And now with their now today they're coach, meeting with the new head coach. And now Sean Miller is going to take over as yep. the full time coach. I just think you know if you win that tournament, you at least got to give the assistant coach a shot. I'm not sure who's well. Name Sean is, Miller but. has offered, uh, I believe it's Coach Hayes, a assistant spot. I think there will probably be a raise as well a little bit. But you also have heard now rumors after this that I think like Georgia State might be looking at him in a head coaching spot. Some other openings for a uh, low mid-major program. So after, you know, going 4-0 and and becoming a head coach interim-wise and winning the NIT, you got some pretty good notoriety there. Yeah, I think he'll he'll certainly get some offers, not from Xavier, but from, from other schools who could be looking for a coach. Another thing, too, I thought that when you look at Texas A&M, they lost last night, but they made it all the way to the SEC tournament final as an eight seed in the SEC they don't get into the NCAA tournament. Then they make it all the way to the NIT final. Do you think maybe the committee kind of regrets keeping them out of the, the tournament field if they've advanced yeah. so far in Especially both of the since postseason up until last night's game, I think they were winning by double digits in each NIT game that they had. Yeah. Or at least an average. And they of... looked really impressive as an eight seed in the SEC tournament. They beat uh, Auburn, I think, who is the top yeah. seed. They... But how good was the SEC in the NCAA tournament? Besides Arkansas making a true. deep run, I mean Kentucky slipped up early, Auburn slipped up early, so Tennessee did as well. So. Yeah. While I looked at you know based on the SEC in the regular season, it looked like a really good conference, and I had made the argument that Texas A&M should have been in over a team like Michigan, who I thought had a down year, and the Big Ten really didn't play out that well in the tournament either. But other than Michigan, yeah, which is surprising. Um, but. You know, now that I look back at it, I don't think the committee really ever gets it wrong so much that it's completely wrong. Uh, because we still had a very competitive tournament. We've had a lot of fun. And really, some teams are going to get in, some aren't. Texas A&M put together a good tournament run in the SEC, a good NIT tournament run, but their regular season wasn't that great. Yeah, and I guess their wins aren't as meaningful if – you know, you, all the teams they beat ended up losing early in the first round anyway. So maybe not. I just thought it was an interesting thing to think about that a team that 
didn't get any real NCAA consideration, made it pretty far in both the tournaments they played in. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a pretty big thing to do if you're, you know, kind of get, you're not in the tournament, you're kind of down about it a little bit. Um, but obviously that's something that you kind of hold your hat on is like, oh, well, we didn't make it in, but look where we made it. Yeah, you might as well make it as far as you can in the tournament you do make it in. You know? Yeah. Uh, transition here before we kind of go into the Final Four preview. George Washington has finalized a deal to make Miami assistant Chris Caputo the next men's basketball coach. He started at George Mason as an assistant to Jim Laranego, or he was there at George Mason. So he knows the region. He returns to the Mid-Atlantic region. And uh, obviously I think that's big for George Washington. Yeah, it's huge. He Chris Caputo has a lot of D.C. recruiting connections, DMV recruiting connections, coached at George Mason with Jim Laranega, and a lot of Miami players are from the D.C. DMV region. Jordan Miller was a transfer yeah. from George Mason. So they have some connects up there. So I think that's a good hire for, for George Washington. But the one thing that I, I think is a little concerning is that this is their third head coach in, I think, six years. I don't yeah, think anything GW. George Washington does is huge. I mean, they're George Washington. What yeah. are you going to do? First the president colonial? of the United States of America. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but their basketball team isn't exactly that big of a deal. It's because basketball wasn't back in 1776. <laughs> yeah. You're telling me... you tell me George didn't have a good hook shot? <laughs> no. All right, let's move on to the Final Four There's preview. No Lincoln. Doesn't have that Exactly. Height. Yeah. Let's move on to Final Four preview. Final Four starts tomorrow at 6 o'clock. I believe our coverage begins at 4.30. Let me double-check for you. Um, where did I say? 3.30. 3.30? Wow. Awesome. 3.30. 3.30. Our coverage, it's a, I believe it's a two-hour show for the wow. Final Four show. We'll go until 5.30 and then the little pregame. Uh, but the Final Four show from Westwood One begins on Talk Radio WRNR tomorrow at 3.30. First game set for 6.09 p.m. on TBS. Kind of weird that they're not having it on CBS. They So what they do is, for the Final Four National Championship, they alternate between TBS and CBS every other year. Oh, there so we go. Yeah. CBS had it last year. TBS has it this year. All right. Uh, number two, Villanova against number one, Kansas. Kansas, or the line has Kansas favored by four and a half. Uh, we'll start with the, by family, the Kansas fan. Yeah, I will be cheering for them during the uh, Final Four, even though I don't cheer for them during the regular season since they play West Virginia. My family's down there, parent-wise, so I know they'll be uh, enjoying it and hope for a Jayhawk win, and I think uh, that Kansas can finally do it, even though the last time these two teams met in the Final Four, it was Villanova getting the uh, dominating win, but I feel like... Kansas has more talent this year, and that they will be the uh, ones in the national championship. I had it in my bracket. I'm going to stick with it. Well, I think Villanova's beat up. Um, they've had a few injuries to some of their better players, so I agree. I think Kansas gets this win, plus the fixes in for Coach K, as we know. <laughs> Stop. Uh, so Kansas will get this win. I think Villanova has a good team, but with their injuries. Um, that will hold them back. They do have very good defense. They proved that against Houston. Uh, so maybe they, if they can keep Kansas off their game and, and in the 50s, if possible, uh, they could get this win. But I, I don't know if that's possible against this Jayhawk team. They really impressed me in that Elite Eight win that they got. Uh, I've been pretty high on them throughout this season. So I'm going to say that the Jayhawks continue and get this win. 
I'll go with Kansas as well. Just again, Nick, you touched on it. The injury to Coach Kafix. <laughs> not maybe a little less than that i think more so it has to do with the the injuries that villanova has right now justin moore their second leading scorer on the team has a torn achilles so you're going to miss him for a team that doesn't score a whole lot on offense anyway to miss one of your biggest scorers for the tournament for the final four is uh, it seems like a death blow to me frankly uh con gillespie surprise the line's as well. not higher yeah, well, it's Villanova. You know, they play great defense. They shoot well from the line. They're really good fundamentally. So I don't think they're in like blowout territory or anything. It's going to be close no matter what. But I think Kansas ultimately just has the health, and they they're just. I think hopefully things are going to go their way for them. You know, if if, if they don't have the scoring for Villanova, then you know it's going to be a hard path for the Wildcats. Yeah, I th- I'd have to agree with you. I think the injuries are key there and. I I pick Kansas too only because of the injuries. I think this game would be a vastly different game if the if just or yeah Justin Moore was not injured. That his name is Justin Moore. I thought it was something else for a second. Um, if he's not injured, I think it's a different game. But Kansas gets the victory. Now to the nightcap, the first time ever these two teams meet in the NCAA tournament, eight forty nine p.m. Number eight North Carolina, number two Duke. Duke favored by four points here. Um, I think. This this is kind of the this is the upset pick obviously and it's not the fixed pick. Uh, I think UNC does what it did at uh, when it was the final home game there. I think they knock Coach K out of the playoffs. They end his career like they ended his home record. Wow, that's a that's a surprising upset. That that would be huge, and I feel like it's even more pressure. I, I agree, it's even more pressure in the final four. It's the guaranteed what could be the last game for Coach K. And not just his last game at home, so there was already pressure there. This is ten times more at the Final Four. But, yeah, as Spencer just said, but <laughs> Duke, I feel like, is going to be prepared for it now. Coach K's going to be right underneath him, ready to go, light the fire under their butts, and Duke's going to get the win. I feel like Duke is the team of destiny this year. Something about it. Mm-hmm. Like you Something know what? about uh, that fix. <laughs> when are you going to give it up, Nick? Huh? I can't stand when they Duke, lose. dude. Yeah. Well, I can't stand I can't North stand Carolina either, either. But, yeah. Well, you know, I was thinking about this a couple days ago, and I think this year's Duke team has some pretty shocking parallels to the last team that won the national championship, right? Because you've got Paolo Banchero, who's a post-scorer, who's going to be a top-three pick, just like Jaleel Okafor. You've got big-time scoring guards like Jeremy Roach and Trevor Keels. Wendell Moore, that that Duke team in 2015 and this year's team are really similar. They've got a lot of depth. They can shoot really well. They've got NBA prospects. So I don't know. I see Just the parallels are too similar all, to me. I think North Carolina is going to make it very close. They're rolling right now offensively. Uh, I am going to give the slight edge to Duke. It seems like they've been able to play well down the stretch, even when they've been trailing in a few of these games. Go back to that Michigan State game. It was pretty close. I think Michigan State had like a four-point lead with like two and a half minutes to go, and and Duke rallied to get that win. Uh, The last game against Houston wasn't as close – or against Arkansas, excuse me, uh, wasn't as close, but Duke uh, prevailed in that one. So 
Um, I think the Blue Devils, again, it will be close, but they'll, they'll find a way at the end. All right, well, that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just a supply store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family have been operated and located right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com for more. Again, Westwood One's coverage on Talk Radio WRNR begins at 3.30 p.m. tomorrow. That'll do it for this segment. We come back in two minutes. We will uh, talk a little MLB. The uh, announcement earlier today about the umpires will announce something to the fans we'll get get into that next on today's edition of the sports mix Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. WV Medicine is pleased to introduce seven new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Dr. Tiffany Morton, Endocrinology. Dr. Zangithan Parampanathan, Family Medicine. Dr. Hamath Pillai, Hospitalist. Dr. Lauren Rover, Pediatrics. Dr. Ahmed Samore, Hospitalist. Doctor of Nursing Practice, Kelly Shothias, Urgent Care. And Dr. Levi Stevens, ENT. WV Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with our defensive handgun one course taught by NRA certified instructors. You must have already completed the basic handgun course as a prerequisite for this course. Valley Guns 2 will conduct this class Saturday, April the 23rd. Valley Guns 2 is also accepting registrations for the defensive rifle carbine one course April 24. Classes beginning April 3 will be held at the Valley Guns 2 Firearms Training Center located in Bloomery, West Virginia. Find out more at valleyguns2.com. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the sports mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. For your April 1st, Spencer Winnick versus Lenny Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running the board for you here in this uh, quick statement. We'll talk some MLB. The, it was announced this morning here about a little over two hours ago. MLB umpires to announce replay review decisions to fans. Umpires will now be equipped with an on-field microphone to inform the crowd and television audience of replay reviews beginning with the exhibition games at stadiums this weekend. The MLB announced today crew chiefs will wear a microphone via belt pack and will proceed to one of the baselines when a replay is initiated and face the press box to make the announcement. They'll announce who is making the challenge and what is being challenged. And then after the review is completed, they will announce the verdict and give a quick explanation until now umpires have 
had revealed their decision each such a safer out with hand signals. And uh, I think this is kind of moving the MLB up to like the level of, of NHL or uh, the NFL, obviously. But in the NBA specifically, like I know, um, at least when I watch the Wizards games on NBC Sports Washington, they have a camera there. And then the the ref, after a replay, or they look for a flagrant foul or whatever, the, the official just puts on a headset and speaks into the camera, basically, and says whatever the call is. So I think that it's good the MLB is doing this so it's not uh, just hand signals and, and people can hear it and people can understand it rather than just wondering what it is. Yeah, um, I like it. I don't know how necessary it is. I feel like most of the time you kind of know what they're reviewing. But I guess it it could be important sometimes if there's ever confusion. Yeah. I don't know. I, I more like the ruling part so that the fans and in the stadium and uh they're on tv or radio know what it was and why it might help explain things better to people that are even still questioning it so that we know what they saw and why they made that call yeah i mean i think it's good for the game just to see uh for everybody to understand what happens because i know on broadcast they like especially if they're not if they're not going to the stadium so, like, Masson has announced uh, for the Orioles and Nationals among, I think, like maybe one other team in the league that they're not sending their crews to away games. Still. At least to start the season, which is a cost-saving measure because Masson is, sucks, for being completely honest. Um, but I think, obviously, that could help things, and it could help the broadcast. It could help the people in the stands who aren't always looking. Like, maybe – if you're walking around the ballpark, you don't know what's going on. That's true. And you just hear people boo or something. Or if like, you're walking around the ballpark, you don't care about the game. Could not, be going to get food. Could be going to get food. What if you Do have that a, in what between if you, innings, what if, you have a, what if you have a kid that has to go to the bathroom? Uh, whatever. Don't bring your kid to the game. All right. <laughs> wow. Also, you did, you, did you guys hear Nick about Verzellini the Otani rule? hates kids. Yeah, Nick Verzellini hates kids. Never said that. Uh, have you guys seen the Otani rule? We didn't no. talk about this on the show. The Otani rule is essentially, uh, if I, I guess, it's it's basically saying if you're a DH and you pitch, a uh, pitcher who's in the starting lineup as a hitter can remain in the game as a DH after being pulled from the ma- from the mound. Essentially, a two way player will be considered two separate players on the lineup card. So, so that's pretty similar to the college rule, or yeah. what we see with yeah. Sammy Roberts all the time. They list him as a pitcher and a DH. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting that they had to officially announce the rule on that, which would make sense because of the change to the DH. Also, they're still going with ghost runners uh, during extra innings. Did not know that. I thought they got went away with that. Also, this nine-inning doubleheader is not, not seven ghost innings. You mean the runners starting? You mean the second. runners at yeah, second? Yeah, so that's what right? I meant. Go, it's like a ghost runner, like you auto or ghost hitter. You've already had somebody hit to run second, whatever, which yeah. is pretty interesting to me. I didn't realize they were doing that. Yeah, I thought they went away with that, too. But they just reannounced Maybe, it. No, I so. think it, they went away with it for playoffs, I think, is what it was. Ah, yes, that definitely makes yeah. sense. All right. Quick segment here that does it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, they'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. We come back, we'll wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Talk a little Wizards and uh, former Seahawk has a new deal, a big deal, with a uh, team that just won the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that when we wrap things up next on today's edition of the Sports Mix. 
Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axel Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Let's go! Drink some beers! Located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Of 68 to the final four. March Madness continues on Westwood One. Hey folks, how are you? This is Jason Horwitz. Join Kevin Kugler, Clark Kellogg, PJ Carlesimo, Andy Katz, Bill Walton, and myself from New Orleans for all the action. First, it's Kansas and Villanova. Then it's North Carolina and Duke for the first time in tournament history. Saturday, the final four is right here. On Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM and AM740. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your April Fool's Day, April 1st, 2022, already into the next month. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or you can stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, our intern, Avery Newport, running the board today. Great job again, learning things. Little, Thank you. A little less stressful today, maybe? Very much less stressful, There you yes. go. Learning things on the job. Forgot to do that, though. Well, I, we, I thought we were just talking here for a second, Spencer. I we thought, were. You know. All right. All right. Well, uh, news came out yesterday, a couple weeks back, right before the uh, Seahawks, tra- was it right after they traded Russell Wilson? Yes. It was yeah, it was right after. The same night, I believe. Uh, they cut Bobby Wagner, uh, save a bunch of money in cap space. Uh, he... Waited a little while to sign because well, he was he cut. A couple he was, of well, because he was cut, he could have immediately been signed. He was not released. Like he was, he was cut that night. Yeah, so he could have immediately been signed. Uh, he yesterday signs a five-year, fifty million dollar deal at thirty years old, going to be thirty or thirty-one, be thirty-two at the start of the season. He signs a five-year, fifty million dollar deal with the Rams. According to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the deal could be worth up to $65 million. Uh, that contract that's a is a big contract for outrageous. somebody on the other side of Thursday. Yeah. Or Thursday. On the other side of 30. Excuse me. We're on the other side of Thursday. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> we are. We are on the other um, side of Thursday. 
you know, as a Ravens fan, I was really hoping he'd come to Baltimore and, and pair him with Patrick Queen on the inside, plus with Michael Pierce at nose tackle. I mean, be and he came tough on a visit. He visited the Ravens facility. Too. Run on the Ravens with that uh, lineup there, but again, I understand it. I mean, play in L.A., play for a team that's probably going to be in Super Bowl contention again this year. It makes sense, and he, and he probably got a little bit more money than what the Ravens were going to pay him. Uh, so I'm not really disappointed with the five-year deal. He's 31 years old. He'll be 32 at the beginning of the season. So realistically, it's a three or four productive year deal uh, if you're lucky with Bobby Wagner, uh, who's still a great player, but I don't know how much he has left in the tank at inside linebacker to play for another five seasons and be worth that much money. Um, but that's disappointing as a Ravens fan, but good for Bobby, and I think he'll fit in nicely with the Rams. Yeah, and here's your point. I think we made it off the air a few moments ago. We were talking about you asked where they get their cap space, mm-hmm. right? Field Yates reports that the Rams have 8.9 million in cap space. The Rams continue to ignore the current cap structure as they bring in good players, and we'll figure out down the road. That's how teams should do it: sign talent, win, and kick money down the road. There you go. Well, also, some until teams you know that money catches to up that. to you, yeah. like will happen in Green Bay here in a few yeah. years. Well, I mean. You can and win now and like, what you can win have back a couple to back of Super Bowls, Bowls and then stink for the next ten years. But I think if any team franchise won, you know, two or three Super Bowls in a row, I think they'd be pretty happy about that and and then reminisce on it for the next two decades. And it, there I mean, you go. I don't know if it takes two decades to rebuild a team, but well, look at the Patriots model. I mean, they never, you know, they're not signing guys for exactly these huge million dollar deals like they're you know they got all these players that signed with them to buy into this whole like patriot culture which frankly i don't really buy personally but you know that's how you can get guys to come play for your team just sign them to smaller deals and then you know there you go that's how you they knew how to draft and develop mainly is how the patriots had success uh but again it's different ways of doing things you can go out and spend big money and have success that way like the rams are right now or you can do the more traditional way like the patriots did forever the ravens have done the steelers have done teams like that that are always in contention or at least have a playoff caliber team so richard sherman actually teased this idea on twitter the other night uh wednesday night the 31st or no i guess last night right after it happened yeah, yesterday was the 31st. I don't know why it said it in this late Wednesday night, but it said he, he tweeted, the rich get richer, lose future Hall of Famer Von Miller, gain future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner. The Ravens made a late last-minute push, but the reigning champs uh, at Rams were too good to pass up. So he announced it there. Uh, here as we wrap things up on this edition of the Sports Also, Mix. I don't know if this is accurate, but apparently Julian Edelman's going to the Bucks. But that might be I thought he retired. Joke. He did. He did. Couple it might be an April Fool's out. joke. I, I think he just got April got. April Fool's is, yeah. I, I mean, he tweeted got. it. So it's probably Plays a mean joke. April Fool's prank. So, yes, that happened. Wizards in action tonight against the Mavericks. Mavericks 48-29. and 29. Wizards last night officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, but it's Chris Tapps Porzingis uh, return. Revenge game. game. Revenge game. 32 points. He drops 40. I'm calling. How much so Kyle Kuzma has been ruled out? Kyle Over Kuzma under four and a half for Bertans. Kuzma's out. Anybody? Under. 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 Take the over. Shoot the under. Seven take the for over. Bertans tonight. All right. Well, that does it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Again, our 
game tonight is pushed back, so we will get on the air at 710, not 640. 730 will be the first pitch from Hedgesville between Hedgesville and Spring Mills, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For our intern, Avery Newport, who's run the board the last couple days, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Dupuy. We will talk to you tonight at 710 and on Monday at 1208 p.m. You're tuned to the Sports Mix. Have a great day, everybody. Everybody.